Hello and welcome to the She Is Left Project. This podcast is dedicated to helping you heal from the challenging and painful relationship with your mother so you can finally experience the love you've always craved. I'm your host, Jennifer Arnese. I'm a mother wound coach, author, and healer who believes tenderness and vulnerability are your true superpowers. Sis, it's time to finally heal your inner little girl so you can start thriving and not just surviving. Progressive, irreverent, and real, this podcast will have you laughing and crying at the same time. Trust me, you don't want to miss an episode. What's up, everybody? It's Jennifer Arnese, your host, and you are listening to the She Is Loved Project podcast. Uh, This is where I take you on my own wandering and meandering healing journey from the toxic and challenging relationship with my mother. I'm here to inform, educate, and inspire you into more tenderness, vulnerability. Um, I want you to fall in love with yourself because you deserve it. And we're just all, we're all in this together. So let's jump right in. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, you should just go to I am Jennifer Arnice. Um, that's where I am most of the time when I'm not on TikTok or YouTube. So um, I have posted something about it's probably been a couple of months now and I'm going to read it was a tweet and then I put it in my Instagram profile. Um, so just here, here, here it is. Your hyper-independent, I-don't-need-nobody attitude is just the trauma response of a lonely little girl who's experienced a heartbreaking amount of abandonment and rejection. Listen, when I create content, I'm always speaking from my own perspective. And I know that my truth is probably somebody else's truth too. And that's why, you know, my community continues to grow the way it is. And we have this really intimate relationship with each other because I'm going to tell it like I see it and you can take what you need and you can leave the rest. Listen, this tweet turned IG post has set my timeline and my DMs and my comments on fire. This post has like 50,000 likes, 468 comments. I've gotten probably 2,000 new followers from it and over 100,000 interactions. Now, if you're not a content creator, you're not, you know, on Instagram, then that doesn't mean anything. But if you are, then you know that I'm not going to say it's viral, but it's viral-ish. And I'm bringing it up, not because of all the attention it has gotten, but one of the glaring things that has happened with this post is the women coming into the comments and into my DMs mad as hell. I didn't know this post would be that triggering. It's probably the most triggering post I've ever had. Um, usually people like, oh, I feel you. I agree. I've been going through the same thing. And there is a lot of that, but in today's episode, I also want to address the people who have an opposing viewpoint. Okay. That's who I want to talk to right now. I also want to let you know that I'm recording this episode as a YouTube episode as well. I'm not going to put the entire thing 
on my YouTube channel, but I am going to have a snippet of it on there. So I'm just sharing that. You don't really know that because you can't see me looking into my camera recording the video at the same time, but I just, Hey, we're all in this together. So, okay. So this, the, the biggest issue, let's just break this down. The biggest issue folks have had is they're telling me that there's nothing wrong with, first of all, they, they want to completely disregard the word hyper in front of independent. And they are setting me straight by telling me that there actually is no one they can count on. What else are they saying? They're saying that every time they have allowed themselves to open up to someone that they've been hurt. They're telling me that actually we truly don't need other people. All we need is food, clothing, shelter, and ourselves. This is what this, this is like, and I'm only talking about this because it's on repeat. And I know if you have a black mother wound and you identify as strong as a strong black woman, that you may fall into the hyper independent category. Now, I don't know if you want to stay in that category and do a ride or die with it, or you're ready to come out. For the people who know that is not the most safe and loving place to be, and you 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 want to come out of it, this isn't necessarily for you, this part right here. This is for the folks who are either ride or die. I don't need nobody. I can do everything myself. Motherfuckers ain't shit, ain't never been shit, ain't never going to be shit. To the people that are I would love to let go and let people help me, but I just can't do it. Listen, first of all, I want to acknowledge whatever you've been through that has led you to the place where you are solidly convinced that there aren't people in this world who are readily available to love, support, and nurture you on a consistent and reliable basis. I know what that feeling is like. The stuff I talk about is not like some shit I heard. This is not some scholastic intellectual theory, okay? I know what it feels like to need help so bad. I mean like need help, like be on the verge of being homeless with my six-year-old child, not be able to pay my bills, not have a car, not have money, not have groceries, and still literally not be able to open up my mouth and say, can you help me? I need some help. I'm doing bad. This is my life. And that that's actually what it took for me to say, Oh, bitch, what are you doing? I don't care what you, what, what this fear is inside of you. You have an actual problem in front of you that you can't solve and you're responsible for another person's life. What are you going to do? It really came down to not, you know, me being afraid or me being a responsible parent and me being, being a responsible parent will always trump whatever I'm going through. That's why 
my son is my muse. Being a mother is my muse because it inspires me into healing because I'm a better mother when I'm healed. I'm a better mother when I love on myself. But that's a different episode. We'll get into that another time. So I know what that feels like. I know the crippling effects of continual abandonment and rejection and judgment, especially when it comes from family. When you're told or made to believe in some type of way that you make poor decisions, that nothing's going to work out for you. You don't know how to listen when people don't respect, they don't respect your decisions. So they don't support your decisions. They don't support you because you're doing something different than what they're doing. You're trying something different. You're branching out in a different direction. And for whatever reason that's triggering for them, it um, makes them feel insecure. It makes them feel jealous, whatever it is, makes them feel powerless and they're not able to support you. So they judge you, they shame you, they abandon and they reject you. And when that happens to you as a child over and over again, it leads you to believe that just because a select group of people weren't there for you, that nobody else will ever be there for you. And the pain from these people's rejection and abandonment is so great that you decide that you will never, ever need another motherfucker in this life. And you will do everything in your power, work your fingers to the bone to provide for yourself in every way so that you will never be in a position to be hurt. That there is the definition of hyper independence. And I even looked it up because sometimes, well, I know Instagram anything. I don't know what I'm talking about. So this is how uh, hyper independent is defined. The desire to refuse help from others and attempt to handle any and all issues alone. Even when this means the individual is more likely to struggle and suffer. That's what makes hyper-independence different from being independent. Okay. Independent is free from outside control, not depending on another's authority. Okay. So we're talking mental, emotional, and physical authority, right? And if you have a mother wound, then you don't have complete authority. You, that's, that is the nature of your wound and your hyper independence is trying to make up for the real lack of authority that you feel, the lack of mental and emotional authority that you feel because you can't stop yourself from feeling afraid. You can't stop yourself from feeling shitty and unworthy of love. You can't stop yourself from being hypercritical of yourself. You can't stop yourself from um, self-sabotaging. That means you don't have authority over your own life because 
Authority isn't just about I can pay my bills and pay my car note and I live alone and I, I hold down a job. Authority means more than that. It's not ain't nobody going to tell me what to do because I don't need nobody. This is my table. I bring everything to the table. That's not actually authority. That's just you being able to pay your bills. But if you're doing those things in a response to the trauma of being hurt, then that's a reaction. That's not an action, which means you're still being led by your trauma. Do you, do you feel where I'm coming from with this? If your independence is rooted in your trauma, then it's not real authority. It's hyper independence. That is coming out of the fears of the wounded little girl inside of you who still so deeply is, wants to avoid being hurt anymore, right? So when I made this post, it was to help you understand the difference so you're not out here thinking that you're moving in a productive way when actually you're just re-traumatizing yourself all over again, right? Hyper-independence is the wounded little girl in you trying to avoid being hurt. Now this becomes the crazy part because that hyper-independent, because I'm gonna keep calling it that because that's what it is, She's also the person who's helping everybody else. She is Johnny on the spot, helping everyone else. Always there for everyone. You can always count on her. She's reliable. She's the, she's what we call the strong friend, but she won't let anybody help her. She doesn't even want anyone to know that she needs help because she's been made to believe that that is what makes her unlovable because she can't do everything on her own. This is an unrealistic expectation that black women have had for centuries that you should know how to do everything by yourself perfectly the first time and by yourself without help. That our virtue, that our value is in strength carrying everything on our back. And what I call this for the, the strong black woman is the crown of thorns. Cause that's what Jesus had on. They made him the prince of what, when he was put on the cross, you had a crown, but it was a crown of thorns. And of course, I'm not even going to get into westernized colonial religion, teaching us that we want to be like Jesus, which is put everything on your back carry it alone, bleed and die for, for what? Okay. For the world. So you can rise again later. This is the lie that was taught to black women back from chattel slavery. And it's also the truth they had to live during segregation, Jim Crow and all these different times. Right. And it's been passed down to us now as a way of being and how we show up. And I talk about this because if we can get past this strong part and we can start to break down the fallacy and the lie and the illusion of it. Oh my God, so much freedom is waiting 
And again, I'm telling you what I know, not what I read or what somebody told me. This journey of healing from your mother wound is about reparenting your inner little girl with tenderness. Imagine you had a two-year-old and they needed help. Would you tell them, no, do it yourself? No, you know they're learning, so you would help them. It's no different than the wounded inner little girl in you, the seven-year-old, the nine-year-old, the 11-year-old, trying something new, experimenting. You should be there to support them. And if you don't have all the resources to support them, then what do you do? You find the help because you want them to have what they need. This is how you're supposed to treat yourself, right? Now for, the, for those who have experienced so much loss in this area to where this seems like too much to grasp, what I wanna say to you is start small. How do you create a space in you where you can start to allow people to help you? Start small. Treat it like you're going to work out at the gym. Know how you start out with like a one pound weight and then you build your way up to that. There are always going to be things you need, right? But there can be small things that aren't emotionally risky. And then you might also need help on large things that require you to um, exhibit a lot of transparency and vulnerability, which is too much for you. So I want you to look at asking for help on a spectrum. Begin, don't, don't, don't lump everything into one basket. Break it down into small manageable parts. What's something small that you need help with? Maybe you need your oil changed. I don't know. Guess what? You can ask for help with that. Go and pay someone to get your oil changed. Now you're saying, well, Jennifer, how does that count? I'm paying somebody, they're not helping me. I want you to find ways you can practice asking and acknowledging, wow, this is something I can't do myself because you're probably already asking for help in other areas and somebody is showing up. And I want you to build a bank of evidence where it's like, oh, this is a way that I need help. This is how I ask. This is how I get it back, right? If the only example you have is something where you're trading a dollar for services, then use that. But then I want you to move into other spaces where you may need something small. Let's say you work in an office. I know everybody is working from home right now, but maybe you need to borrow a stapler. Maybe, I don't know what you need, but it might be something small. You may be home about to cook something and you don't want to go to the store and you need to ask a neighbor for some sugar, some butter, some salt. And you're like, oh, I don't want to ask them for that. They're going to think I don't have this. I have that. I'm not talking to those people. Ask. Asking for help allows us to make connections, right? And that's why I'm saying start in small ways, right? These, this is how you can build a, a, a new thought pattern in your mind that, you know, that may have been everybody abandons me, rejects me, you know, nobody is there for me to, oh, okay, I did ask them for that and they said, okay. You might have a friend, you might need help on a project and somebody you work with, or you might have a friend of yours, ask them for help, right? Start in a small way. 
So I'm going to go back. I had a client and she was studying for a test. She worked for a veterinarian's office and she wasn't studying for a test. She was trying to get a certification. And what I tasked her with was asking someone at her job to help her study for an exam, right? And what we found out was she really didn't even know how to ask. And a lot of times that's the case. We want something, but we don't even know how to ask, especially to ask in a way that lets a person know, I really need your help with this. Can you help me? Hi, I've got an exam coming up in about three weeks. Do you have some time on the weekends to help me study? We can meet at a coffee shop near your house for an hour or two if you're available and I'll buy you lunch. Do you think that could work? That's how you ask someone for something, right? Versus I'm trying to pass this test and I really don't know what to do. I was wondering if you can, if you can help me with it. Do you, if you, if you have some time, I don't really want to bother you. Um, if you can, um, if you, you, you can help me study. They're going to say yes, but then what happens is you don't follow up a week or two goes by. And this is what happened in this situation. It was like, well, they said they would help me, but they ended up not helping me. So I just did it myself. That's why I don't like asking nobody for nothing. Did you really ask? Did you ask with the intention of a yes? Who was supposed to follow up with who? And I think her response was more like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking again. I asked one time. You need help. You should ask again. Maybe they forgot. Because what happens is we put all the new people in the same scenario and situation with the people who hurt us. Those people, when they said no, when they rejected or abandoned us, they meant it. For whatever reason. So now you think when you ask somebody new that they mean it when actually you don't know what's going on. You didn't clarify when you needed the help. You didn't clarify how much help you needed, where it would take place. You didn't follow up. So how can they say yes? People have stuff going on. Maybe they automatically, um, you know, they genuinely forgot it's difficult to see that when we're looking through the eyes of a wounded child because everything is seen through the lens of that wound. So what I really want you to be thinking about is, here we go. What are some things that you need help with? Make a list of those things. Who are the people that can help you with those things? And make your list follow that spectrum. What are the low risk things you need help with? And then go down the list to like those bigger things that require some type of emotional vulnerability um, that you need help with. Okay, that's one. Two, who can help you with these things? Three, make a plan with how to ask. You know, come back, listen to this and be like, oh, this is how you ask for help. You want to know a time, a date, a place and how you can reciprocate the action and make the make the reciprocation fair. OK, don't go into it with this great sense of debt that they're doing something for you and now you owe them your whole life. 
No, make it match whatever they're doing for you and then follow up with them. There are so many people who want to help you. There are so many people that you can trust and that you can rely on if you just build that internal muscle. And I, I'm going to I'm going to go even further. And I'm going to tell you that it's your responsibility to ask because the things that you need not only do you deserve to have them. The wounded little girl in you she deserves to know that other people love her. She deserves to experience the nurturing and the support of others. And in this healing process, as you reparent, you are her mother. Because what I want to ask you is, have you turned into your mother on yourself? Are you treating yourself how your mother treated you? Are you abandoning and rejecting yourself when you refuse to ask for help? When you tell yourself and your inner little girl, no, you have to do it by yourself. Even if it struggles, even if it's hard because you don't deserve help. Nobody's ever going to be there for you. There's nobody that you can count on. So get used to it. That's what you're telling your inner little girl. That is toxic. That shit is fucked up. And I know because I used to do it all the time, but I didn't know any better. What I need you to understand is you are parenting that little girl inside of you. She is still there. She is still hurt. And if you continue to treat her this way, she is going to show up and show out on your ass. You're not going to have peace in your life. You're not, you're not going to have the things that you really want and you can't because she needs to get her needs met first. And this is a powerful way to begin that process, to learn how to lower your guard, to understand through practice that you are safe, to reprogram your thought process so that you can now believe and understand and know through evidence that you're not alone and that there are people who want to love you, support you, be there for you, encourage you. You don't have to do it all alone. This is an unnecessary evil that you have heaped on yourself, which is really abusive. And I want you to stop. So again, I feel like I'd be on my soapbox, but this is the thing. You do better when you know better. Please know that you are worth it. You are worth love. You are worth support. And just because someone else in your life didn't give it to you, doesn't mean they are the standard. They're not the standard. That's the pedestal we have to take them off of, okay? They're just a person, an individual with their own flaws. And unfortunately, we have to learn how to love ourselves as adults. And that shit isn't easy and it isn't fair. But trust me, it is so worth it. And if you want to know who is here for you, I am because I know what you're going through. So that's all I got for today. 
sending you lots of love and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me on the She Is Loved Project podcast. Every week, I'm committed to reminding you that you are loved, you are seen, and you are heard. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes and your favorite platforms. And if you're feeling really supportive, click the link in the show notes and consider supporting me via Patreon. This community support goes a long way. Thanks so much and see you next week.